0: Hi, this is Parker Boner III, and you are listening to the Above180.com
1: podcast with Tim Berg. Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the
2: stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Chuck Gardner. Chuck is the Brunswick Pro Staff Tour Representative, so he is out on a tour with the guys for Brunswick, DV8, and Radical. Chuck has also been named by Bowler's Journal as a Top 100 Coach and is a Silver Level USBC Certified Coach as well. Chuck, I want to thank you for joining me on the Above180.com podcast.
0: My pleasure, bud. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me.
2: Of course, it's been quite a while since we had a chance to chat and sit down, Chuck, so I thought I'd bring you on here as we begin 2017. So first off, you had a big announcement yourself a little while ago regarding something that you're doing to help give back to the bowling community. So why don't you talk about that and and what you're doing?
0: Well, we're really excited. Uh, My Bowl for Life Foundation is something that started in 2012, and it started by uh, doing youth uh, competitions, youth tournaments, and youth teams, and, and it's kind of evolved over the last few years. And we're uh, part of the USBC uh, Yes Foundation now. Um, we are also involved in the uh, USA Gold Coaching Program with uh, with the USBC, and uh, we want to have we wanted to have something really special. Um, for the young people. And so we decided to partner with the PBA and we are going to have a, um, Chuck Gardner bowl for life foundation scholarship, an annual scholarship. Uh, the PBA only has one other scholarship that they promote and that's the Billy way And, uh, I'm very honored that the PBA and Tom Clark and Janae and everybody associated with the PBA has allowed me to, uh, to be part of the family. And, uh, it's a really simple process. We have, a an application. Uh, we ask for a 500 word essay. Anytime you can, you can send it in anytime from January one to, uh, the end of May. And, uh, the winner, uh, will be selected. We have a board. that will go through every, um, person who submits and there'll be a board that decides on the, the winner of the scholarship and it's a thousand dollar scholarship the first year. And, uh, we want to grow it. Um, eventually what I'd love to do is be in a position to put, uh, some young people through college. And, uh, you know, that's down the road a few years, but we have, uh, we have great partners and great people that are helping us. And it's just an honor to, to be giving back to the sport that I love so much and has done so much for me.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the things that uh, it seems like bowlers, uh, for whatever reason, and maybe it's it's not just bowlers, it's just human nature. But we focus on some of the the things that we would like to fix or not not things that might not be going so great. But really, I mean, talk about how you've seen youth bowling and the Junior Gold program, and as we talk right now, Team USA is going on up in Vegas. The trials are going on, and just talk about you know how that how the youth program. Everyone talks about the decline of bowling when that's not always the case. And, and talk about how youth bowling and how you've seen things grow throughout your years in, in the in what you've done in the uh, industry.
0: Well, you know, Tim, as you know, I'm really old. And uh, youth bowling, when I was a kid, uh, we bowled on Saturdays. And when we got done bowling, our proprietor at uh, Lantana Lanes down in Lantana, Florida, used to put pizzas out in the... Uh, in the little bar area and we'd stay around and watch ABC, uh, bowling every single Saturday afternoon after uh, we bowled junior leagues. And, and, uh, those were fun times. They were really, really great times. And, and we saw a little decline over the years, but in the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, we've seen this big upswing in youth bowling. And, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the opportunities that are out there. Um, junior gold, teen masters, um, Team USA, the opportunity to get scholarships to go bowl—that uh, just didn't exist uh, when I was young. Uh, college bowling just wasn't even a, wasn't even a, a a blip on the radar screen. And uh, now that's it's a real option for young people to help get their education and get them ready for you know their future experiences in bowling. Um, should they choose to go down that path? You look at the, what college bowling has the impact it's had on top players in on, on the PBA tour and the PWBA tour, uh, starting with Chris Barnes and, and just uh, the, the people are, the, the numbers are endless, uh, you know, Sean rash and Bill O'Neill and all of these guys that came up through college bowling through great programs. And it's, it's a great platform. Uh, youth bowling and college bowling, high school bowling. Um, I'm really, I'm really proud of what junior gold and, and these other events mean to the, to the sport. And, uh, I'm proud to have been a, uh, a part of junior gold for so many years doing presentations and being part of it every year. And I'm still part of it every year. I, I absolutely love the the whole process with it. Uh, Turbo has this really outstanding collegiate expo that they do. And and I'm part of that every year and it's just fun. It's it's uh, you're right. There's a lot of focus on the downturn in our sport and it's changing. Yes. It's, it's not what it used to be. I get it. Um, but I think the future is great. I, I absolutely believe that the future for our sport is great. And, uh, there's still going to be some changes that happen. And, uh, some of us old people might not love the changes, but if you look at it from the big picture and, and go, yeah, this, this will help our sport. Um, you know, maybe those have a different perspective. I wish, I wish people would focus a little bit more on the good things that are going on instead of focusing so much on the bad things
2: moving along uh, chuck one of the things that happened recently was walter ray williams junior winning his 100th combined pba title talk about and take a little bit to uh, time to reflect upon that and then i'd also like to know what you have learned from walter ray in his time with uh, with you guys at brunswick
0: well it's uh, it's an amazing accomplishment and uh i can tell you and <clears throat> If, if he listens to this podcast, he'll probably hate me forever, but I'm going to tell you, he wanted to win that hundredth title on television a few weeks ago at the world series, more than anything. Um, you could feel it. You could sense it. You could see it, uh, in the way he bowled, uh, nothing taken away from Francois Lavoie at all. He bowled very well, but, um, had that been Walter Ray's 90th title or his 105th title or whatever other number that might've been. Um, I think Walter Ray wins that event on TV. Um, just, it meant a lot more to him than he let on. Um, it was, it was just unbelievable. Um, the feeling being there and, and feeling like we were all going to be part of history and we were going to see it on television and, Um, but you know, very, a week later, he, he did it in a trios event and, and he had to, he did it the way you would expect him to do it. He needed to get up and strike to, to win the the event. And he was the anchor bowler on the team and he got up and struck to win. And, and, uh, it was, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely awesome. And, uh, he's proud of it. He really is proud of it. And, uh, obviously Pete is going to be there very soon. Uh, they were tied at 99 and, uh, but Walter Ray is a, uh, we've been friends for way more years than, uh, we would care to, for everybody to know. Um, he was with us, with me when I was the rep at, uh, at track in Columbia back before they were sold. Um, He has been with Brunswick, you know, pretty much since I've been there. And, uh, we have all learned a lot from Walter Ray. Um, everybody that's around him, he is so good for the young guys. He is, he's such a really genuine, good human being. Um, when the guys have a rough time, he puts his arm around him and goes, I've been there and, you know, this is how I would handle it, and he's really been good for some of our young guys, like you know Greg Ostrander. Um, I remember just at the World Series of Bowling, um, Greg in the in the world battling for the World Championship cut. He he had a bad game or a couple bad games or something. Walter Ray put his arm around him and talked to him for a second, and he got done. And he goes, "Man, he goes, that was unbelievable! That the greatest." champion ever took time to come over and talk to me while he was still competing too. And, um, just kind of goes to show who he is and why he is what he is. And we're very blessed to have him at Brunswick. And, uh, I can tell you this, as long as I'm at Brunswick, he'll be there. Um, that's something I just believe in, um, Johnny and Parker and Walter Ray, what they bring to these young fellas that we're trying to develop and the way we go about things is just it's pretty special
2: well and i remember my first time interviewing walter he, he was he's a very approachable guy and this was it was at a bowl expo i believe it was in dallas so it was back maybe at 2011 was it uh, at the gaylord and he was just sitting at the like the the food area having a piece of piece of pizza and I just said, "Hey, Walter, when you're finished, would you have a have a couple minutes to sit down and do this interview for this, you know, podcasting? Sure, no problem. Let's let's start. Walk. We can walk right now. Always was very very willing with his time. And then something last year, I was at the uh, PWA 50 Regional here in um, in Sun City, and watching the qualifying. And it was uh, I was match play rather, and it was Walter uh, bowling against uh, Bob Lern Jr. And I thought this is such a a, a mm-hmm. great match between two. Of uh, the best, you know, best bowlers of our time. I'm gonna, you know, I Facebook lived it, and you wouldn't believe all the people that said thank you for doing that, because, um, you know, it wasn't a, a TV event, wasn't where anyone was there, wasn't on extra frame, but just all the people that had an opportunity to watch that because I, I didn't wanna, I wanted other people to see what I was watching, because I knew it was gonna be a great match, and obviously it was. And I, I'm trying to even think if Walter had to strike again in the tenth to to beat Bob, you know, two thirty to two forty or something like that, but just, uh, just goes to prove that I think everyone has their Walter race sto- story of. Of watching him on TV, whether it was on TV or whether it was in person, he's always one of those guys who, um, like I said, to me he's very approachable, and you can uh, you can sign an autograph, and he won't won't turn you away. I'll
0: tell you this really quick story from the U.S. Open this year. Um, I was I was talking to Walter Ray between games, and one of the younger people who is you know not really a, a relevant player on the tour, but he's he bowls out there. Um, he came over to me after I got on talking to Walter Ray and and he goes, I find it interesting that you still spend quite a bit of time with Walter Ray with, with all you know, his success and everything. And, um, but he, he looked at me and I go, well, I mean, I try and spend time with all of our players. That's why we keep our staff so small. Um, and that's, that's just what we choose to do. And we only have nine guys and, and that, and that's how I like it. You know, I like it smaller and, and so we can do a better job and we can just be more of a family. And, uh, the guy kind of looked at me and goes, but isn't he kind of irrelevant or isn't his, aren't his days behind him? And I go, why? Well, I, I, I don't think he's irrelevant in any way, but I don't, I don't know if he'll win again. I, I certainly hope he does. And, um, he's still competitive week in and week out. He's not, he's not the Walter Ray of the, of the eighties and nineties, of course not. But, uh, but he's still Walter Ray Williams, the greatest winner of all time. And he said, Oh yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting philosophy. And he kind of walked away. So a few minutes later, Walter Ray's on like a four or five or six bagger. And it's on the double burn at the U S open. And I did a video of him playing between sixth and seventh arrow. And, and I, and I put that video on Facebook and when the video got 75,000 views I forwarded the video to the guy privately on Facebook and I said, Hey, just to let, just to let you know, Mr. Irrelevance got 75,000 views uh, of one shot on Facebook at US open. How many views do you get when you post something? And he responded back. He goes, good point. Good point. He goes, that's why you're you and I'm me. And, And it was just, it was just an interesting conversation between a guy, an old guy and a younger guy who really didn't experience Walter Ray's greatness. You know, they've only read about it. And, um, some of the players and some of the people, the, even the casual viewers never really got to experience Walter Ray's dominance and his greatness. And, uh, it's kind of, kind of a shame. And it's, it kind of, kind of hurts me a little bit just because, you know, he he is the greatest winner ever, the greatest ever. And I, I don't know if anybody will ever get to forty-seven national PBA titles. I don't know if that will ever happen. It's such a
2: big number. It's a huge number. Uh, again, Chuck Gardner g- joining us here on the Above One Hundred and Eighty com podcast. So, Chuck, you you mentioned that, and that segues perfectly into my next uh, co- next thought. I'd like to get from you is is um, there is a lot of talk of people playing sixth and seventh arrow and doing it. Um, you know, more in tournaments in, in double burn and sometimes even not on double burn and such. And we're seeing some of the, the videos uh, come out about folks doing it at, uh, team USA trials as well. So do you have any thoughts on that? I know the USBC and, and my thoughts with Chad Murphy and talks with him as they're trying to, trying to avoid people from doing that. But ultimately, I mean, the object of the game is still to knock all 10 pins down. And I mean, shouldn't it be if that's the way you got to do it then that's the way you got to do it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I I think the environment dictates what you have to do. And, and for old people like me who go on Facebook and, and post comments like, oh, that's not real bowling or that's not this, or that's not that, you know, to me, that's kind of sour grapes. In my opinion, it's probably something you're not able to do. And, and to be honest, it was something I was never very good at to be, I mean, completely honest. I, I always, you know, kind of hooked it a lot and I played a little deeper than I should have because I always had a little softer ball speed, but I, I liked to get away from everybody else's early hook. Um, but I was never really great when I had to loft it from, you know, over the left gutter. I was just okay at it. Kind of like a marginal middle of the road kind of player, which, which is what I was. Um, but I was never great at it. So I am, do, do I wish that it didn't happen quite as often on the PBA tour? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I, I I'm, I'm not a fan of it ending up that way. Nearly every event that I'm not a fan of, but, but you know what? It's still part of the sport. It's the environment and And it is what it is, and uh, I don't know i like you said it's it's all about knocking down ten pens, and whatever you have to do to make that happen, i think is is what you have to do i mean what what Marshall Kent and Greg Ostrander were doing on the double burn at the u s open was freakish, I mean it was. You know, Someone just came to the house. Uh, it was absolutely freakish what those guys were doing. Um, you know the ball wasn't hit the lane until it was thirty feet down the lane and uh, and they did it effectively, and they knocked down a lot of pins doing it it wasn't It wasn't like they were just throwing at the head pin trying to trying to yeah. s- survive they were They were bowling two hundred and fifty and three hundred overdoing
2: well and, and people forget that. You know, Robert Smith was doing this in the 90s, too. So how much of this is really just the fact that now with social media, people are seeing this more and it's, oh, my God, I can't believe he's. But, you know, I mean, where otherwise you'd have to wait for Robert to make it to TV or watch on extra frame or what have you to to have that, you know, to, to actually witness it. We're now with the influx of Facebook Live and all these other videos out there and people just going up behind them and videoing at their phone. You're seeing it more so. Is that, you know, right? I mean, Robert and other people were doing it back then, so it's not like they, the, these, these guys are, you know, starting something they, new
0: They here. were they, they were, but it
2: certainly wasn't as prevalent as today.
0: I mean, if you look at the rev rate on the PBA tour when Robert Smith came out, um... Robert Smith had so much more rev rate than anybody else back then that it was, it was completely freakish. Um, it was, you know, you had him on the right and you had John Gant on the left, um, that were just absolute buzz monsters. And, and they did, they got so much more on it than everybody else. And, and those guys are kind of, you know, they'd be middle of the pack guys. The average rev rate on the PBA tour now is is upwards of four forty, probably four fifty, and the average rev rate on the PBA tour when Robert Smith came out was probably in less than three hundred or around three hundred. So, the rev rates, the bowling balls, the types of oils, the surfaces, every single thing contributes to the environment that we're in today. Uh, the bowlers are stronger. Um, if you look at bowlers today, they're way more fit, um, than we were back in the old days. Um, these, you see these guys in the gym all the time and they're working out and they're, and, uh, you look at guys like, uh, Bill O'Neill and, and Belmo and Sean and, and, Simonelli and those, and Marshall Kent, those guys have all put on a, uh, a real push to be more fit, to be stronger, uh, to lose weight, to be just more athletic and, uh, and it's carrying over into their bowling and you, you just, it's just, it's just a different game. It's, it's really a different game today than it was 20 years ago. It's a different game than it was 10 years ago. To be honest, it's, it's, uh, but a lot of it's the athletes. A lot of it is the athletes. These guys are bigger, better, faster, stronger, just like the NFL players or, or the baseball players, you, You know, you see the injuries in the NFL this past year. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, two broken legs by quarterbacks in one week, a countless number of knee injuries that that are not even contact knee injuries. It's just they're so strong that their bodies can't take the beating they're putting on them. And and it's, it's just the athletes are stronger, so it's definitely changed the sport. And these young people, whew. These young college guys and these college ladies, man, do they get on it? It is—it's fun to watch. It's impressive, and uh, and I, I just think it's going to keep changing. It's going to keep changing, in my opinion.
2: All right, let's um, let's kind of end our time here. I guess talking about the the World Series of Bowling, which just wrapped up, you know, a month or so back in uh, in Reno at the at the stadium um talk about i guess just in a couple of words what you what you were seeing from your guys and i know there were some some minor tweaks to some of the patterns but what um what you guys are seeing during match play and then on, on tv you know um you know like you said walter fell short uh, finished second and tom smallwood finished second for you guys but just talk about what you were seeing up there and uh, and uh, from the brunswick perspective
0: well you know obviously we couldn't have had the year that we had the year before that just was not going to happen um you know, 2015 was our best world series we've ever had. Uh, we won, I don't know, three or four of the events and, and had several guys on, uh, on shows, uh, on the Scorpion show that John Van Hees won. we had three of the four guys on the show, that just doesn't happen with us because we have such a small group. Um, uh, so we, you know, we're realistic about what our expectations are, but I think overall we had a good world series. I think, uh, I think the lanes definitely played differently and, uh, you can sort of see that by a different group of players, uh, being up there. You know, you saw some guys make shows that had never made shows. Um, you know, really outstanding performances by Matt O'Grady and BJ Moore and Brandon Novak and, and Mitch Beasley and, and guys that you just don't hear a lot about. And, uh, and some of the big name guys didn't have, uh, tremendous events. Um, you know, EJ Tackett won the world championships. He had a, uh, he, he was the class of the field in the world championships and he was kind of the class of the field the whole, the whole week. Um, just didn't get it done when it came time to making, you know, some of the shows, but he sure got it done on the TV show for the world championships and couldn't be more proud of Tom Smallwood. Um, He's just a pit bull. He is an absolute pit bull. Had a, a, a tremendous match play record. Doubled in the tenth. Six games um, out of seven in in a row to win matches. Just he's just a pit bull, and he's tough, and he he's a grinder, and uh, he used the radical Zeno almost the entire event, and just had a great look with it and it just was not the right shape for the TV show. And, um, and you know, we were pretty set that he was going to throw one of those. We drilled a couple new ones and, and, uh, it was a last second decision for him to go to the rack solid. He threw one shot with it in practice and it was the very last shot he threw. And we kind of both looked at each other and said, you yeah, know, that has a chance we could move right and just shut the angles down and play further right than everybody. And, uh, and just see what happens and just take some time to get comfortable. I don't think I, I, I don't think we ever thought it was going to take a lot to advance, uh, through the games. Certainly didn't expect him to bowl as good as he bowled. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just his toughness. He's just a really tough guy. So, um, but I mean, EJ won and EJ, EJ bowled a great game in the title match. It was, uh, it was a good story and, and good for EJ and, um, uh, you know, we're, we're always happy when we, uh, when we have our solid showings, our, um, you know, for us at Brunswick, it's, it's, you know, winning, winning is important. Um, but it's important for our players and it's important for their families Um, we look at the PBA tour as a marketing arm for us. Um, It's not all about winning every event. Um, If that was the case, we'd have, you know, 50 staffers, you know, and and we'd be out there trying to do kind of what storm does, which they do a wonderful job and they win a lot. And, um, but our, our focus is just a little different than some of the other brands. And, uh, and it doesn't mean what we're doing is right. And what they're doing is wrong. It's, just what we choose to do. And we choose to keep a small group and our guys are, are really professional. They conduct themselves like gentlemen and ladies. And, uh, we can be proud of every time they're on TV that, you know, that they, that they do a nice job and and they represent our brands and they, um, they do the right thing for bowling. And that's, that's kind of where we are with it. It's kind of hard to change me. Um, I'm old and I, I have my certain beliefs that, uh, there are people that are fit for brands and there are people that, um, I, you, can you ever imagine Johnny Petraglia or Parker Bone being with a different brand of Bowling than Brunswick? I mean, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't even make sense to me how that could ever happen.
2: Yeah. Can't and, say, uh, can't say disagree with you on that one, Chuck. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, Sean Rash is going to be in that, in that same situation. You know, he's, he's been with Brunswick for, I don't know, going on 15 years already. And he's only, I don't know, thirty thirty two 32 years old. So and he's been with Brunswick a long time. And, and, uh, and so we just, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of our philosophy. And, but again, everybody, everybody has their own thought process and, you know, there's a lot of moving around by the pro staffs that's going on right now. It's really interesting to see guys moving from different brands and and I'm really proud to say that all of our guys are intact. Um the same guys we've had for the last several years. And uh we have our, our couple of young guys that we're trying to develop, our Cameron Weirs and our um is still with Ryan Simonelli, he's you know, come a long way and Greg Ostrander and Jonathan van Hees, And, you know, we have these young fellows and, and we, we just going to keep developing them because, you know, they fit our brand. And, uh, so we have the same crew, uh, no, no new signings and everybody else, everybody that's been with us is staying with us. And it's just that, uh, that steady ship that I like. And you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it's just because I'm old and set my ways, but, uh, at the end of the day. I like it that way, and uh, as long as Brunswick's going to allow me to to head up this team and 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 handle it the way that we do, and then um, that's the way it's going to be. If Brunswick decides they want me to do something different, then we'll talk about it and and go from there. But uh, I, I certainly enjoy my time with Brunswick. I love being there, and uh, you know, I've, I've always been treated well in this industry, uh, whether it was the old Columbia industries and, or Brunswick. And um, I've just been very fortunate to work with great people. And, and uh, I don't know, I guess I'm just blessed.
2: Well, yeah. So I guess take me through the thought process for, for you then when you start, like you said, you're seeing some of these uh, free agent signings because part of you has to say, wow, this is going to give my guys a Kind of a leg up because they're not. No one's switching equipment, so there's no learning curve for my guys when it comes when we go. You know, we head to Japan when we head for the. You know, these these tournaments coming up, we just get out there and bowl, and we we know what our stuff is going to be doing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: I mean, I I like that. I like the consistency, and uh, I think they like the consistency. And uh, you know, we're going to get together in Muskegon. Um, a few days before we head out for these three majors and we're going to work together as a team, like we always try and do, and we're going to practice and we're going to learn from each other. And, uh, it's something I love to do. And it's part of developing not only, uh, ability on the lanes, but it's developing teamwork, uh, amongst teammates and, uh, you know, if, if one of our guys or a couple of our guys don't bowl well, they're, they're always around during match play to help out the other guys, lend a hand, uh, you know, a lot of work's gone into Jason Sterner in the last couple of years by, you know, not only myself, but, uh, but Parker and, and Walter Ray. And a lot of us have helped with, with Jason Sterner's, uh, changes in his, in his swing. So, uh, you know there's been a lot happening with that and it's 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 a credit to the whole group and how good they are as as teammates
2: well and it's funny you you bring up jason cuz if there is a if there is someone i'd love to know who who went whether a tournament tournament could just be finishing up a few days ago and he'll be out there the next day grinding it out on the lanes you'll see him posting videos here's what i was working on here's what i was throwing here's what i'm doing so he seems one of one of those guys like you said he's yeah. a brunswick guy and that's what that's what he's going to do and that's what you want as someone who is that passionate about the sport? So, um, Chuck, I'd like, to, I'd like to end our time, I guess. Speaking of Brunswick, I'm seeing a lot of buzz with the new two Quantums that are out there. So just briefly talk about those and if there's anything else in the Radical or Deviate line that you'd like to get some folks excited for here. Is, as heck, we all got you know city tournaments coming up, got USBC Open coming up for men and women, et cetera, and, and lots of stuff for folks out there to get excited about bowling-wise.
0: Well, one of the best things going right now is, is the Quantum line. And some really good news for the consumers uh, that listen to your show, uh, Brunswick has extended the free bag offer. So if you buy a, uh, a green or a red quantum, a fire quantum or a, or a green quantum, either one, you can get a free triple inline tote, triple tote it's a it's a, a bag that's not available to be purchased it's a really cool looking quantum bag and it's absolutely free when you buy the ball and that's been extended until March so what what has happened is pro shops were kind of you know getting a little frustrated because you know we didn't have the the program out for a long time and now people were getting the bags in you know that we've given them and other people were coming into the shops and saying, "Hey, how do I get one of those bags?" And the promotion was going to be over. And uh, so we said, "The heck with it!" You know, it's working. People are excited about it, so we extended the program, and it's going really well. So if they buy a Quantum, they get a bag free, and it's really simple. They can just check with their pro shop. They can get go on the Brunswick's website or Facebook and down and download the uh, the information that you need. And it's simple, simple process and we do have a couple really new, really cool new toys coming out um, on the 17th. We have uh, the hookinest bowling ball that Bowlers Journal has ever tested. We moved the move the bar. It's called the Cash. It is a it is a radical ball. It's really a big monster. Um, just go check out the Radical website. Uh, go to the Radical Facebook page and like it and you'll be able to keep up with all the cool action that's going on at radical. Those guys are doing a really good job. Um, some fantastic products that are being used a lot and uh, deviate has a couple of new ones, uh, another Vandal and, uh, Greg Ostrander already shot three or four, three hundreds with it in the week. He's had it, um, in league. Um, he loved the original Vandal, but he says the Vandal destroy is better. I don't know. Balls are balls are all great. And I think all the companies make great product, but, uh, sounds like a lot of people are thinking this vandal destroys destroy something special. So, uh, we're excited about that. And we have, a, another diva coming out and it's called the diva style. So some new things. Um, I know for the consumer and the pro shop operator, it's so hard to keep up with it. Um, with all the new products always coming out, but, uh, you know what, we're being, the industry is being innovative now and there's new technology happening and, uh, you know, we, we want to share it. And, you know, if the balls, uh, if the balls keep coming out uh, hopefully people purchase them and improve their game and enjoy the sport more and go bowling more often. And, uh, that's all we need more people bowling more often and, and we fix a lot of ills and we can, we can write a lot of mistakes that us, uh, us people have made in the years past. Uh, you know, it's, it, all of us have some blame in, in the decline in, in league bowling and other things. So we should all just, uh, be part of trying to make it better again. And that's, uh, that's my goal. That's the bowl for life foundation in a nutshell. Um, I encourage people to go to the, uh, Bowl for life foundation foundation, Facebook page. Um, check out our scholarship promotion, like our page. Uh, there's all kinds of neat products there. There's all and every single month, there's raffles and things going on. And, uh, my son and his wife do just a great job taking care of the foundation and, and making sure that things are being done and, um, obviously I have my, my baby finger on it, but, uh, you know, with my schedule with Brunswick and, you know, I leave on the, the 30th of this month and I don't get back till the 30th of next month. And then I'm only home for three days and I'm gone to Europe for three and a half weeks. And so it's just, uh, it's a crazy time, but, uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. I'm still, I'm still young enough to get it done and I'm still excited about doing it. So. I, Tim, I really appreciate you guys uh having me on and I uh I hope your listeners get something out of what we talk about and and uh I'm I'm honored to be uh invited to be on these shows. So thank you very much.
2: Well certainly, Chuck. It's a pleasure to have you on and it's been too long since we sat down and chatted. Um I'm gonna have a, a link to the Bull for Life page on in, in the description here. So folks if you're interested you can check it out there. And by all means, Chuck, let me know if there's anything I can do. Um you know, I got some great ideas, too, I think, on how, how to give back to the sport. And, and I think there's a way to involve Bowl for Life with those as well. So, so I want to let's get together on those. But I want to thank you for joining me. and um, And, yeah, we'll definitely be in touch on things.
0: Thank you so much, Tim. Have a great one. Happy New Year to everybody.